Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is the afternoon get down. We love to call Freddie and Harry. Got Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. And also your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We love Mondays at this time. Why? Because it's always a good happy hour. And it's a good happy hour. That means Herm Edwards is in the building. You play to win the game. The doors are open. Don't press in. It's happy hour with Herm. He is Herm Edwards, ESPN football analyst. Always a great follow on Twitter, so hit him up anytime you want. At Herm Edwards, always glad to have him. Part of Happy Hour on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Before we get started with the Ravens and the Cowboys and the Eagles, good morning, America. Every Sunday, you're on there giving that business. How's that been for you? Because that was a blessing to see you on the TV over the weekend. (laughs) It's been a lot of fun. Um, I've been doing that now for about the last month or so, and... um, First time I did it, you know, and I, I figured I'd be done with it. And then right. it happened two weeks in a row, now three. Uh-huh. That's about, about a minute a month, so it's been uh-huh. fun. I, I know the hosts on there. We have some good times. The one guy is a 49er fan. I picked the 49ers, yeah. and then they ended up losing. I told him, you ain't going to invite me back anymore, are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they invited me back, so it's okay. <laughs> we had the discussion when it comes to the best teams, but at one point it was the 49ers. Yeah, it was. When they undefeated. Yep. Many people believe, and Harry Douglas and I are in that group, that right now that team of the moment are the Baltimore Ravens. We believe they're the best team in the NFL. What say you, Herm? Uh, that would be pretty much correct, um, especially if you play them at home. I think that's a bad venue to have to walk into uh, with the way they're playing defensively. But now their offense is starting to show some signs of the Motkins creation of what right. they want uh, Lamar Jackson to do. And mm-hmm. if you've been watching Lamar of late um, – he still moves around in the pocket, but he's not moving to run anymore. He's moving to to create space where he can throw the football. Mm-hmm. Andrews is, is is the beneficiary of this. I mean, he's always been his favorite guy, but now Andrews reminds me a lot of Kelsey because he's moving around. He's finding ways to get open. Uh, the the you know I always say this on defense: you script plays, you understand what they're going to do. The hardest thing when you have to deal with quarterbacks like Lamar, uh, like Mahomes, guys that can move around and throw. It's unscripted. You don't see it coming. You can't practice against it. It's just kind of natural, you know, and that's what good receivers and quarterbacks understand. They understand if they're in zone. They understand if they're in man, where the dead areas are when he leaves. And Andrews is starting to figure that out as well. Kelsey's got it down like a, like you know, it's like almost, it's it's funny because every time, you know, you watch Kansas City play and Mahomes leaves the pocket, the first thing I say when I watch it, somebody better cover Kelsey because no one's going to cover him right now. And he throws it to Kelsey. Right. He's always open. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's one of it's, it's, it's Lamar and this offense is coming, and their defense, boys, only allowing Woo. 13 points. And you know they play great special teams. They always have a great kicking game because of their coach. Their coach is a former special teams guy. So, Coach, let me ask you about this because you have the Ravens and what that defense is doing. You have mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs and what that defense is doing, right? Those yes. two defenses in most categories are top five. When it comes to third downs, both of those guys are top ten. Who would you give the edge to right now as being the better defense between the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs? 
Oh, I Good would question. say I would say uh, Baltimore. They they hit the quarterback the most. Mm-hmm. They've got the most sacks in the league. I want to say what is it? Almost forty now. Wow, uh, somewhere yep. up in that high number. You know, so they 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 knock the quarterback down. Um, uh, and you know they they take the ball away. I mean, they do all those things that scare you about playing defense. You know, you you become conservative on offense because the first thing you say we got to protect the quarterback. Right. The quarterback gonna get hit. He getting hit, <laughs> and you know that. How many times did he hit him? Right. That that's what you're worried about. And, and and then they take the ball away, so they only give up 13 points. And you know if you've ever been to Baltimore and to try to play them in there, um, it's a tough out. And now the weather's changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Weather changes. You go to Baltimore, you know, you can't run the ball. Receivers are, you know, I ain't talking about receivers. It's kind of cold. They don't want to stretch out there because they're going to get hit. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he's not going to talk about receivers, but he's going to uh, talk about receivers. Yeah, it's, it's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard when it gets cold. You know, it's hard. <laughs> hard thing. Herman ESPN NFL Allison Studio each and every Monday with a little happy hour with Herman, Freddie, and Harry on ESPN Radio. I mentioned certain teams that when you have a chance to kill them, you have to. When you don't, the rest of the league goes, oh, another failure. I thought that was the case with the Chiefs, how the Dolphins had their chance but couldn't do it, and the Cowboys against the Eagles, how they had their chance and couldn't do it. And I said, when these two meet again, I think we're going to get a Super Bowl rematch. We're going to look back on November 5th and say, that was a chance to let the league know you got a chance, but now they're hard to kill. What is it like playing a team or teams like that where you say to yourself, they're not going to beat themselves, but we better make sure that we don't beat ourselves when we play them? No, correct statement. And, And I think for Miami, it was real simple for the Chiefs, stop them from running. You know, people get enamored with Miami's offense, which you should. It's a high-flying offense, but it's all predicated on the run. They're number one running the ball, too. They were running for about 159 yards a game, right? They're averaging six yards a carry. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you? This is what it tells you defensively. They're never in third longs. Right. They're never in third longs. So what does that mean? Quarterback don't have to hold the ball. So when you look at that game, they could not, they could not run the football. The first series or two, they were in third and 10, third and nine. They couldn't convert. Now the quarterback had to go back and hold the ball. That's not good. Now, spin it forward. The Chiefs end up 21 points. First half, right? One scored by the defense. And I was talking earlier. I said, you know, if you're the coach, what do you say? I say, it's real simple. You go in at halftime and say, we lost the first half. But let's go win the second half. And you're saying that to your team for this reason. You might not even win this game. But you got to get some momentum going for next week because right. there's a lot of games left. This ain't the last game. You're going to play more games. Right. And so you have to come out with that mindset. I thought they did a good job because when you think about it now, they beat the Chiefs 14 nothing in the second half. That's true. Chiefs didn't score any points. Yep. So really, you can spin it this way. We had a costly turnover where the Chiefs actually scored. Because when you look at their defense, they only gave up 14 points. They didn't right. give up 21. They gave up 14. Okay. So you know that's how, on the coaching side of it, that's how you got to spin it to your team. We lost against a good team. Matter of fact, this team was in the, in the Super Bowl. Okay, we get it. People will say, well, the Miami Dolphins can't. They lose the winning teams. They lose it. i say this. Okay, just make sure you don't lose the losing teams. That's what I always say as a right. coach. Mm-hmm. You're going to play enough losing teams. You know what? All these teams are getting the playoffs. Think about it. They beat a lot of losing teams. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it ain't like they beat a That's bunch of winning correct. teams. They right. beat a lot of losing teams. Mm-hmm. And you can't lose to the losing teams when you think about it. Football, as it, it, hard as it is, you got to understand you can never play down to the competition when you're the better team. That's what kills you as a coach. 
when you when you allow yourself to play down to the competition, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in the fourth quarter, and this team got a lot of life because you kept them in the game. Mm-hmm. Wow! You knock them out, knock them out. Coach, I'll tell you, I think for Miami also in this matchup, for me it was a self-inflicted wound. Oh, right? Absolutely. Like you, I, I talked about that, you know, third down conversion yeah. that Jared McKinnon scored a touchdown on. A linebacker has a running back man, and he's pointing for somebody else to take him when he has man coverage, and he scores a touchdown. You look at Tyreek Hill right before halftime, yep. that fumble. Fumble. Right. And then you go to the third and 10 where you actually, if you're Miami, you could have scored a touchdown, but Tua underthrows the football no doubt. drastically. No doubt. And then the fourth and 10 bobble snap. So the self inflicted wounds, in my opinion, really hurt Miami. You can't have those against a, a good Patrick team. Mahomes led football team. Yeah. And, and think about it too, Harry. And you mentioned it. They had one play in the passing game over 20 yards. Mm hmm. Yep. Well, that's that. Yeah, you ain't. They're waiting on explosion plays. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's all set up on first down. When they get you, when they stay in front of the chains on defense now, you don't know quite yet what to call because they're ahead of the chains. They're in second and four when they play football, half the time. They never get in third long. The first three possessions, they went third and 10, third and 11. It was like, oh, man. They, that's not their game. Right. Because they, they didn't convert a third down no. until six minutes and 30, 30 seconds left in the third quarter. There you go. That was that was their first one. But I thought that? Kansas City did a great job mm-hmm. being physical. At the line of with scrimmage. The, with the pass catchers yes. of the Miami Dolphins. And they lined up at times and they and they pressed them. And Miami probably shocked a couple of those guys because no yep. one ever presses them. Right. They let them have free access. Yeah. That wow. wasn't the case this time. Uh, always great. So, Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL Ants, brought a happy hour with Herm each and every Monday here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Staying with the Eagles because mm. we talk about putting stress on people, stress moments. Yeah. And that offense does that to people. I thought yesterday when watching the broadcast on Fox, Greg Olson said, it's got to be murder, your defense coordinator, because you have got to remember they worry about getting eight yards in the first three yards. First three plays. Because they know on fourth and one, fourth and two, they're going to go to the tush push. Yeah. They're going to go to the brotherly shove. And they're going to get that first down. And that's the kind of stress they put on people. But for the first time, I saw an offense put stress on them. Even though I thought the Cowboys were terrific, but did not have location awareness. How much of this could be a problem going forward compared to last year? Because the Cowboys showing you got talent, you can make plays. That Eagles defense is not the same. No, well, they're not the same in this sense. They have, they have problems. And, and the Cowboys did a nice job of throwing the ball to who? The tight end. They've given up five touchdown passes to tight ends. They can't cover the tight end, guys. They haven't covered the tight end all year. Just flat, don't cover him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they don't, they're, they're not built to do that. They're built to rush. Yes. Their corners do a pretty nice job on the edges. Um, and their offense always gives them a lead to play with. Mm-hmm. This was a game where it was a tight football game. Mm-hmm. And Dallas played their tails off. They sure did. And if you think about it, the Eagles, the last six minutes of that game, they were conservative. They had yes. three possessions where they went three and out three times and gave the Cowboys three extra possessions mm-hmm. because they couldn't make a first down. The Cowboys played their tails off. Now, where the Cowboys obviously failed, they were inside the five-yard line twice and didn't score. Not one point. Yep. Or that game's an entirely different game. I look at it, the offense of the Philadelphia Eagles with the quarterback, he's hurt. I get it. But you have to convert a third down. They, did, they got conservative. They wouldn't throw the ball. I'm going, throw the ball, man. You got to make a first down. There's six minutes left. You can't just keep turning it around and giving it to the running back. Right. They're, they're stacking the box. They know that's what you want to do. Throw the ball. Find a way they, to throw the ball. 
They got lucky one time though because oh. the run play where <laughs> yeah when they ran know, into AJ, each other yes, yes. yeah that, that, that was almost a disaster the football yeah fumbled the football it was yeah. almost a disaster wow. yep. so the Cowboys they're fine that, that was Dak's one of one of his better games because it's not like the Cowboys were running the football Dak had to throw the ball and he he threw it pretty well now the ace to the hole for the, for the Eagles is they can get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. That key they sack. sack. They sacked the, they the sacked last two now. possessions. Yes. The they, last two possessions, three sacks for yes. the Philadelphia Eagles. They, they sacked it five times, and in the fourth quarter, the defensive wow. line was humming and got him. Because they was wearing steel. I say they, they was on steel like white on rice. The <laughs> offensive tackle, the right tackle for the, for the Cowboys. Do it. Man, they was wearing steel. They had them on skates. Yep. They had that man praying during the huddle yeah, when Dak Prescott <laughs> was calling the penalty. It was hard to watch. <laughs> and you're on the road, and that's what happens to you. And that's especially, and you know that's that area, that place, that crowd. Come on, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. You don't that. want to go up in there doing that. <laughs> Herm, no, 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 no. Hermie with ESPN NFL analysts. Always happy hours with Hermie each and every Monday here in Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Who are you more concerned about? The Buffalo Bills at five and four, after losing to the Cincinnati Bengals, or a team like the Miami Dolphins who have shown they can't win those big games, zero and three when playing big boy uh, football so far this year. Boy. I worry about Buffalo. Here, why? Okay. Um, if, if Josh Allen doesn't make plays, big plays, they struggle moving the ball. Yeah, because they won't run the ball enough. They'll run it with him when he turns. When he and when he gets mad, you can almost look it in his eyes. He takes off and he starts running because they haven't ran the ball. He's almost telling them, "Hey, man, we got to run the ball some because they're dropping back and and they're covering all these areas." Not a lot of big explosion plays again, mm-hmm. but by yep. these guys, you know, they, they got the one. They, they kept they, they kept playing the coverages where you know they they wouldn't allow obviously them to hit the ball vertically, and they finally got one there at the end, right? They they got one, but they they made the Buffalo Bills go the hard slow road. They don't want to play like that. That's not the quarterback's DNA. That's right. not their offense. Gunslinging. I got to make a big play. In a series. When you watch them play, they're going to make a play or two a big one. A 20-yarder, a 30-yarder, right? Ah, that didn't happen. That did not happen. I, I, I worry about them a little bit more uh, because they've kind of, since last year, last couple years, they put, they've they been plateaued. at that mountaintop. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, okay, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'll say this about Buffalo, too. I think the inability to run the football oh. consistently really hurt them last night as well, Coach. And I would say this, that defense of the Bills, they had an opportunity against the New England Patriots, right, yeah, to kind yeah. of stop Mac Jones from going down and scoring a touchdown. They couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow and company got the ball back with three minutes, I think 30 seconds left to go in that game. The Buffalo Bills didn't see that football again. That's right. That's you right. got you got to find a way to get that ball back to your to, to your offense. Yeah, they gave it to the runner and said we're going in the game. Yep, we're going in the game, and that's and that's what good teams do. They know how to. And I'm not saying the Buffalo's not a good team. Right, exactly. No one's saying you got to close the game out. See, that's what made me look. I, I'm here in Bristol, and my phone was ringing after every possession <laughs> with the Philadelphia <laughs> with the Philadelphia <laughs> Dallas thing. Right. My wife's in California. Uh-huh. She getting mad at me, and I said, "Why are you mad at me, honey? I ain't playing for them. I'm just talking about it." She said, "They got to close." She said they keep giving the Cowboys chances. I said, honey, I know. And if you keep giving them chances, what you always used to tell them, you give them a chance and they're going to take advantage of it. They'd get it again and they'd punt again. She said, they put it again. I said, honey, I got it. I see it. I'm watching it too. She was mad. She's in California. What was the most mad your wife was about a football game? 
Oh, boy. Uh, probably. Uh, let me think. She's been to a lot of them now. I want to. Uh, what game was it? She was mad at one game. I, I, I can't remember, but I can remember this. After the game, she had fired about half the team. <laughs> just cut half the players. This is when I was in the NFL. We got to get rid of him. She had she had the names and the numbers. You got to get rid of him. You got to trade these guys. I said, honey, it don't work like this in the NFL. <laughs> she was getting rid of everybody. I said, honey, it's okay. Just calm down. You're okay. Oh, boy. My wife loves her some football now. Man. Oh, my Lord. She loves her some football. That is tremendous. It's just unbelievable, you know. That is she, tremendous. When, if, when the game's over, this uh-huh. is great. She used to travel with us. And she'd sit in the front row. All the players knew who she was. She'd sit in the front row. And, you know, we'd get on the bus. If we lost the game, we'd get on the bus. I'd sit there, you know. Uh-huh. And she'd just sit. And she wouldn't say anything. Bus would take off for about 10 minutes. And she said, now we got to talk. <laughs> she let, let me have my quiet period. And then she, she had everything written down. Well, y'all didn't do this. And, you didn't, and why, did you, why did they call that? I went, honey, just relax. Just, just calm down. <laughs> I'm like, the, you think the media was hard? The media got nothing on my wife, man. <laughs> See, it said to give you a 10-minute cooling off period. Like she, knew, the she knew when I got on the bus, I'm going I'm, to I'm let him be right now. And when that bus got rolled 10 minutes in it, she had her notes. She said, no, when this happened, why why that happen? Why, why, why'd y'all call that? And I went, honey, I said, just relax. <laughs> the, hey, the people, the people in New York thought the media was hard in New York. Oh, my God. They have no idea. <laughs> really? Sitting down with my wife, she knows some football now. She said, honey, why did they do this? And I went, honey, I, 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 I. <laughs> I'm like, I used to tell the players, hey, man, don't put me, don't take me down that road, boys. Exactly. I got to deal with her. Right. Oh, my goodness. I got to deal with her, man. Oh, and then man. She, and then she, you know, she, she'd get it out of her system. She'd give me a hug. She said, I'm going to leave you alone now. Yeah. She didn't have to get it out of my system. Wow. So she wanted to make sure she was feeling better. She wanted to feel better. <laughs> she had to get somebody. She had to get the head coach. I, I, lo- I love it, Coach. Oh, it's, 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 one more, it's one more person, Coach, I want to ask you about. Sure, because sure. Uh-huh. Come on. I think this, this player is really ascending right now. And I said that, made this statement earlier. I think Joe Burrow, oh. when it comes to everyone in the National Football League, he plays the best from the pocket, and yep. he's the best at maneuvering the pocket. When I say the name Joe Burrow, what comes to your mind? Joe Montana. Really? Yeah. Okay. He's like Joe Montana. He's bigger, but his accuracy, his ability to read coverage, um, throw the ball in tight windows, uh, and, and then move, like he said, Joe moved in the pocket. Joe didn't run. He'd run a little bit. Yeah. But he stayed in the pocket. He, he wanted to play from the pocket. Right. Because he wanted to get the ball to the best players. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and he understood that. But he reminds me, and he's really, like Joe was like that. He was real like, nothing affected him. He was kind of like, okay. Mm-hmm. And he'd throw one over there and he kind of smile, you know. And, then, and he would take a five-yard throw. And you know what I, I learned from him? The hardest throw for a quarterback is throwing to the back on a swing route. Believe it or not. Why was it so hard? Because the accuracy you have to have to catch him in stride so when he so when he catches it, his eyes are down the field where he can start running. Not worrying about where the ball placement is. Okay. He had to get he hit he would throw it to him right where he could catch it and see what's in front of him. And he, he would work on that throw every day in practice. I said, Why are you that's a five yard throw? He said, Man, that's the one that's the one that keeps the chains moving. In zone wow. coverage, linebackers are dropping. Mm-hmm. Throw it to the guy. He catches it on the run. Right. He's in the back. Remember, he's five yards behind the line of scrimmage when he catches this ball. Mm-hmm. So you got to get him momentum going forward. Right. And he says that was the hardest throw, believe it or not. And he practiced that 
every day after practice with them running backs, man. We had man. Marcus Allen, those guys. It was unbelievable, man. And Joe Burrow does that. I'm work, work done. done. Yep. Made a living at Florida State off of that swing pass. That swing pass, from, da- man. from Danny Cannell. Well, That's exactly right. Well, you know, he did that with Charlie Ward. That when they beat Florida on the road, he's doing a little swing pass out of the backfield, and 85 yards later, he saved their season. And, and here's yep. the problem, because when you think about it, the back is five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. The people are dropping in coverage. Right. And it's the linebackers, generally. Yeah. So those guys are basically 15 yards away from this guy. Mm-hmm. He catches the ball in space. The secondary guys are down the field 20 yards. The linemen are rushing. There's three guys that basically got to tackle this dude now. And he's in space with the ball. And if you catch him in stride, he's running right at them cats, man. And it's like they make yards. And, and take a profit. That's what I learned from him. Just take the profit. It might not be a 30-yard play, mm-hmm. but it's eight yards. It's seven oh, yards. I'm now, glad you said that. Now you're in second and three. And you just keep moving the chains and eventually – Guess what? You press the defense saying, okay, now you got to come after me. Okay, come after me. Now you blitz me, I'm going to hit you on a home run. It's just, it was it was wow. masterful watching him do that. I was like, wow, this wow. is really interesting. How Never get tired of making deposits the in the profit, bank. Man. Yeah. Take, Take the profit, man. Yeah. Take wow. the profits. Take the profit. We always love Mondays with Herm Evers, like we mentioned. He joins here each and every week for Happy Hour with Herm. Also catch him on the Blitz, ESPN NFL Blitz, 3 o'clock each and every Monday. And on Good Morning America hey, every Sunday in the on. 8 o'clock era. He is Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst. Don't make him mad and don't make his wife mad. He joined no. us here on Freddie and Harry. I appreciate you, Herm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Man, he was here on Freddie and Harry. Thanks to Progressive Insurance. You can save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. So do yourself a favor and visit Progressive.com. Week 9 was NFL Statement Sunday, according to us. Who made the bigger statement or the biggest statement on Sunday? We'll let you know ours. You can share yours. Join the conversation at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. Who made the biggest statement on Week 9 Statement Sunday in the NFL? 888-729-3776. Your calls are next on Freddie Harry, and this is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. It is a reggae Monday on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. My man Harry Douglas over there, Freddie Coleman over here. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Big ups to Melissa hitting us up on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, and at HDogs83 saying, It's my favorite part of Monday when you guys have happy hour with her man with some Freddie and HD. She says, Believe me, that could go for two hours, and that would be all right by me. Melissa, the church doors are open. Let the church say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Amen when it comes amen. to that. Amen. Amen, amen. I love when Coach comes on too, though, amen. because, mm-hmm. you know, for all of us to be able to just have genuine conversations about yep. football. No doubt. And piggyback off one another on what our thoughts are and, and, and what we're seeing. I just think it's a phenomenal moment, man, and, and love having Coach coming on every Monday. Yeah, I love when he said biggest statement in terms of the Ravens' defense. When it comes to Statement Sunday that just passed by in the National Football League, we still got the Monday night football game tonight involving the New York Jets and the Los Angeles Chargers. We're going to get to that in about 30 minutes. But I'll ask you, Harry Douglas, before we ask everybody else, at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776, we call NFL Week 9 Statement Sunday. We want to hear from you by entering the chat at 888-729-3776. Who made the biggest statement on Sunday? Harry Douglas, who made that biggest statement? Yeah, for me, it's the Baltimore Ravens as a team, period. The way that they beat the Seattle Seahawks. Now, before this weekend, the Seattle Seahawks had the second-best record in the NFC, right? And and they were the leader in the NFC West and Mm -hmm. really ascending and looking like a team that could make some noise in that conference. Well, the Baltimore Ravens had bigger plans. And when I mean bigger, more physical plans, more production plans, and their star players and their players that they're counting on to be great week in and week out outshine the players of the Seattle Seahawks in which they weren't able to be that for their football team. Right. But it's across the board, man. It's the offense, Lamar Jackson, and, and what he's able to do as a runner, but also mm-hmm. how he has become better as a passer from the pocket and diversifying the football to his guys. But also that defense, playing like the best defense in the National Football League at the moment and shutting down that Seattle Seahawks offense, making them one for 12 on third down, sacking the quarterback multiple times and forcing turnovers. So I'm, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens, and now we see them against the Seattle Seahawks. They had right. a dominating performance against the Detroit Lions. They had a dominating performance, and they also have already beaten the Cincinnati Bengals. Even though Joe Burrow wasn't hurt, the, right. the, listen, the Baltimore Ravens can't help that. They go out there and play who they play. For me, I love what you said about that. We're not worried about who's in front of us, what the record no. is. you got to deal with us, and if you can't handle us, that's on you. We're not worried about your feelings. We could care less about your feelings. For me, the biggest statement wasn't just one guy, meaning quarterback C.J. Stroud of the Houston Texans, because he made enough of a statement. 476 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, a passer rating of 147.6, and that throw that won the football game against Tampa Bay. For me, it's been D'Amico Ryans that has made the biggest statement not only getting that quarterback to where he is now, but that team to where they are now. It could be very easy because I predict they would lose to the Carolina Panthers. I said that is all the makings of a trap game, and that's what happened. They lost to the Panthers, who are no longer part of the Vedas anymore in the NFL. Then you bounce back and win a game like that with a young football team like that. I can't wait to see what this is going to look like when they go on the road at Cincinnati on Sunday. No one thought in a million years that we could circle a potential really good game on November 12th and it would involve the Houston Texans. But that's where we are right now. That Texans team believes 
more than ever before that we can do some things. We can make things harder on people. We can make things that possibility for us where we can be a team that maybe can sneak into the playoffs when nobody thought that would be happening in 2024, Harry, much less in 2023. That's what D'Amico Ryans has been able to do by bouncing back from that bad loss and having that great comeback win. I thought he, D'Amico Ryans and his coaching staff, they made the biggest statement on Sunday. But I think it's also telling owners that, hey, it's okay to hire these former players, right, who played at a high level, who are also coaching at a high level as assistants that have the ability to relate to these players and put them in prime positions to be successful. There's We talked about this last week, right, with Antonio Pierce becoming the interim head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders and how he was going to be able to connect with those players because he's been there and done it. Well, D'Amico Ryans, ladies and gentlemen, he's been there and done it. He played for that organization. He right. understands it through and through. But he also understands what his players go through. That's important. I, I'm telling you, Freddie, right now, my receiver coach, Terry Rubisky, I, I was so thankful for him because he was a guy that had been there and done it. Absolutely. So if we came into that meeting room one day and he just seen certain looks on our face, he'd say, the hell with it. We're not even talking about football. Hey, how, how was y'all weekend? How your family doing? And that would be our meetings. And sometimes it's like that, man. Wow. We can't just make this about football all the time when, yes, you do have guys that are going through things that these coaches got to be able to relate to. You just can't ignore it. And I thought that was something that was probably ignored in Las Vegas with Josh McDaniels. Oh, absolutely. That Antonio Pierce could relate to the guys, too. And the same thing with D'Amico Ryans. Now he has this organization, in my opinion, ahead of schedule because also they made the right moves – Draft-wise, not just their first two draft picks and Will Anderson Jr. and C.J. Stroud, but what they did in the back of the draft, what they did the year before, uh, previous in the draft and mm-hmm. having this young talent and accumulating it. And now I think this is going to be a team moving forward that people are going to have to deal with. Yeah, Nathaniel Dell drafted in the third round out of Houston, over 100 yards receiving last week. He's been coming on strong for this football team, being that valuable piece when it comes to the offense. Great stuff by Harry Douglas. Joining me, Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. Week 9 Statement Sunday. We want to hear from you at 888-729-3776. Who made the biggest statement on Sunday? Jonathan in Georgia, who made the biggest statement on Statement Sunday in the NFL this past day? What's going on, gentlemen? I would say the Kansas City Chiefs made the biggest statement because of what they've proved that they can change their identity over the last couple of seasons. And while some teams change identities and struggle to make the playoffs, they did it and still won the Super Bowl last year. The young receiving core will be like the DBs last year. They'll get better as the season progresses. And now they have Superman on defense in terms of their entire defense, and they still got Superman on offense. So when they were Clark Kent on defense, they were still winning games. Now they've got Superman on both sides of the ball, and to me it makes them a more complete team. And while they may not be the same explosive offense, they're still going to be an efficient offense because they got the best quarterback in the game. Yeah. See, I think right now Kansas City is hoping what you just brought up, and I don't think people understand how valuable it was for that team last year to go through that playoff run and win a Super Bowl with those young players that they drafted on defense. Absolutely. And it was very beneficial in a a game like – this past weekend, when you're going against an explosive offense, you're going against a Tyreek Hill. Well, guess what? Those guys in that secondary, they they weren't going to waver. Hell, they just won a Super Bowl last year, right? They went against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and company and Jalen Hurts. So why would they be nervous or feel some type of way when they played at the highest of highs in the Super Bowl 
against a guy that could have won the MVP award if it wasn't for their quarterback. So I understand that they're trying to hope that those wide receivers come along just like those young DBs or those young young defensive players came along last year. Right. But I would say as far as statement, I would give it to Kansas City's defense mm-hmm. more so than I would say their entire team because their defense was jamming guys at the line of scrimmage. That defense was physical. That defense did a hell of a job and scored a touchdown and really anchored things that the Kansas City Chiefs wanted to accomplish in Frankfurt, Germany, in which they got a win. No one had the Dolphins scoring zero points in their bingo card in the first half versus Kansas City. <laughs> Nobody had that yep. in that bingo card, but they put up a big old donut because you're right, that Chiefs defense was no joke against Miami. Sweet Loretta in Connecticut, one of our favorites. Loretta, who made the biggest statement on Week 9 NFL Sunday. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're good. How are you? Um, I would say can- I'm doing well, thank you. I would say Kansas City and Philly. And just from the eye test, and I know their defenses were good, and they did this, they did that, but if they don't get those offenses together, ain't neither one of them going to the championship. That's That's completely fair, but Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs quarterback, has a massive of people who may wonder if they can get that offense together. I think all you can do is keep working. Um, that, that's everything. It's me with timing. Um, it's them. Just continue to get catches as much as possible. Um, lucky for us, our defense is playing so good, so we're sitting here 7-2 and two going into the bye. We, we can get a lot better as an offense, and I think if the offense gets to where I think it can be, we'll be a hard team to beat. When you have Kansas City and Philadelphia, you have to kill them. You cannot allow them to believe that they're going to not be put away. And when you are the Dallas Cowboys, you had not one, not two, not three, but four different chances on their side of the the defensive field to put that team away in Philadelphia. You didn't do that. You're the Miami Dolphins. You you came all the way back from being down 21 to nothing, where all of a sudden you found that running game. You didn't go away from the running game in the second half. Then you get down there, and then you have your quarterback miss a wide-open guy down the left sideline, and then two plays later you have a bad snap. Teams like that, and remember I said this, not if, but when we get a Super Bowl rematch involving the Chiefs and the Eagles, remember November 5th when they had a chance to let the rest of the NFL know those two teams can be beaten in tough situations. You can't let them get away. Harry, if you do, you're the Eagles beating the Cowboys and you're the Chiefs beating the Dolphins. Well, Freddie, it's, it's kind of what the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Kansas City Chiefs, the last three things that they haven't been able to do is capitalize mm-hmm. on the opportunities – against teams like that, against the Eagles, against the Chiefs, you can't do that. You have to capitalize on your opportunities and your moments when you have them. Otherwise, you're going to end up with the L in yeah. your column. Yeah, no doubt about it. Keep weighing in. Week 9 was NFL Statement Sunday. We want to hear from you at 888-729-3776. Getting a lot of great reactions from you from who made the biggest statement on that NFL Sunday. Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. And one former number one pick, is about to make a statement again in the NFL this week. We'll get to that next. We state the truth here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. On this Reggae Monday, he is Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on Sirius X and Channel 80 and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We'll get to your calls in a couple of seconds. Who made the biggest statement? Week 9 Statement Sunday in the NFL at 888-729-3776. But Kyler Murray, Harry D, about to make a statement again. 
back in the lineup if things go well, according to ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter. He is going to start this week at home against your Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to put wrap my head around this of why the Arizona Cardinals would want this, but I can't help but think mm-hmm. if they're in a prime position to get the number one overall draft pick, we also got to remember they get Houston Tex the Houston Texans first round draft pick this right. this uh, 2024 NFL draft as well. Why would they want to try to win games? That's crazy that people probably think like, hey, why would, how could you say something like that? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're planning on moving on from Kyler Murray right. and you have the number one or number two overall draft pick, you have opportunity to get Caleb Williams and also Drake May. Mm-hmm. But I think the other side of it, too, is that, you know, Kyler Murray hasn't played in so long. They might want people to see, you what know, they have. Exactly. Okay. Right. Even though he has a ton of film, I guess they want him to get more film on tape, which I don't really still don't understand this season after yeah. the injury. Yeah, a chance to showcase him to see if somebody will bite in case they want to move on from their guy or if they don't have yep. a guy right now that maybe just maybe if Kyler Murray in a new offense can show that it's not the new age offense he played in Arizona, that's more of an NFL offense, how he may be able to succeed and thrive and also he becomes very, very marketable. And also you got that kind of piece there where if you want to keep them or move on, it becomes more of a win-win for the Cardinals and not a win-lose for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, here's the thing also. We got to remember what Joshua Dobbs looked like for this football team. Absolutely. Coming and really putting this stamp on things. Even though they don't have a winning record, they've been in a lot of football games. I'm interested to see what Kyler Murray is going to look like as well. Yes. Right? Is Joshua Dobbs going to look better than Kyler Murray? Is Kyler Murray going to be able to showcase and show people that, hey, I am still that guy that you want as your starting quarterback, whether it's with the Arizona Cardinals or whether it's with someone else? I'm interested to see that coming up. Yeah, especially Kyler Murray back in the line. He's going to start if everything goes well this Sunday when they take on the Atlanta Falcons. 888-729-3776. We want to hear from you. As we call Week 9 NFL Sunday this past Sunday, Statement Sunday. Who made the biggest statement on that day? Ashley in Indiana, my friend, what is your answer? Uh, Josh Dobbs for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, you come in on a Tuesday and you don't really expect to play, and then you see a guy go down and what the first or second drive, and you just come in full of confidence, throw the ball around, and get us the win. How much do you think Josh Dobbs made himself in terms of money or future employment based on doing that with Minnesota? Well, I think it's astronomical, right? And Look I think you. also astronomical, pastronaut. That's his new nickname. Yeah, I see yeah. what you did there. <laughs> We're here, brother. We're here. I see what you did there. But but I also think. Kevin O'Connell was helping that as well, right? No Speaking up for his quarterback, how excited he is for Joshua Dobbs. Also making that trade for a guy, because you're not making that trade if you're Minnesota and company, sure. if you don't think Joshua Dobbs can help propel you to a playoff berth, sure. right? You really don't. And what they seen from him coming in and rushing the football, throwing the football, uh, barely knowing his teammate's name, damn near barely even understanding the offense – but enough to understand to be feasible and also get a win and work through yeah. the early struggles that he had, right? He had yeah. a safety as soon as he came in the game, turned the ball over uh, as, as a fumble and also an interception. Never waver, man. The young man is mentally and physically strong, and I love to see players like that. If he can do aeronautics and have the kind of brain that he does, a fumble in an NFL game was not going to break the beautiful mind yep. and the spirit that when it comes to Joshua Dobbs. DJ in New Mexico, who made the biggest statement on NFL Sunday yesterday? 
You know, as a longtime Cowboys fan since Tony Dorsett was drafted, um, not a Cowboys apologist, just a Cowboys fan. There were a lot of, to choose from. I think Todd Munkin just continuing to run the ball instead of putting the ball in the air, that was just awesome to, to see. I just also think that, you know, for the first time in a long time, the Cowboys didn't really lose a game because of turnovers, stupid mistakes, or anything like that. It was literally a game of inches. Yeah, so no. I thought they made great strides and, and put everybody on notice, and hopefully that's going to go forward and, you know, they'll they'll go ahead and correct some of the, the missteps and issues that they encountered. But that was a great game. Yeah, it was a fantastic game. I could watch that game on loop. I think he meant Mike McCarthy who was calling the plays, not Todd Monken, who's the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. But I don't think – I don't believe DJ is wrong. I believe the better team did not win that game yesterday. The better team made those kind of mistakes, and I think he's flat out right. For the first time in a game like that in a long time, the Eagles had to beat the Cowboys. The Cowboys did not beat themselves. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because he's, he, no, he he said something that I, that I that I really understood. Right, it is a game of inches. Right, don't every inch counts. Don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. Pause. <laughs> I, I brought this on myself. I really, really did because you're trying to hold the laughing. I'm like, why are you laughing? And now I know why because it's a, it's a game of inches out there, folks. He's don't a let child. no one else tell you anything otherwise. I, I can't say he's alone being a child because I'm fully complicit when it comes to being juvenile on this show. That should be the that should be the name of this show, Freddie and Harry. We can be young once, but we're going to be immature forever. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. I should have told that. That's why with this show simulcast, but your facial expressions. <laughs> I was trying to hold my laugh in. As soon as he said it, I was like, oh, man, you, that's a word there. We stamped that on the on, on homes. <laughs> Keep weighing in about the biggest statement on NFL Sunday at 888-729-3776. And what kind of statement the Buffalo Bills need to make going forward to keep their seeds from being in jeopardy? It's the juvenile show known as Freddie and Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.